A music from uh, Derek and the Dominoes. It's kind of an odd feeling. So right now, if you can hear, I am trying to assemble my, uh, get my composure here and uh, get my, uh, my equipment set up so we can conduct today's show. Uh, I want to thank, by the way, uh, our friend <clears throat> uh, Jerry Manor for stopping in at the, during the Hotline show with Jeff Graham. That's the first time, which is very, very cool. And uh, I'm getting things started online. So here's the thing. Uh, we will be speaking with Dr. Michael Schwartz in about five minutes. And uh, he, uh, uh, Dr. Michael Schwartz has been on the show uh, before uh, at least maybe three, four times. He hasn't been in the studio. He wrote the book Fauci's Fiction. And I tell you, one thing I, I will compliment uh, Mr. Schwartz about is how he, uh, his presence on, um, on online and social media, he's really stepped things up. He's become... Uh, well, needless to say, he's an authority. Uh, of course, people on the other side of the political coin, uh, those of which that believe uh, Anthony Fauci was, was God or some disciple, uh, would disagree with that. But uh, um, uh, Dr. Schwartz uh, had uh, clinics in Jersey, he still does, and in Florida. And uh, he was one of the first people to say that uh, this isn't adding up. So since then, he has embarked upon, like, uh, he's become an advocate, uh, a crusader, if you will, and uh, wherever you see, and again, I, I stay in touch with, uh, with Michael, and uh, he, he tells me the list of uh, networks, uh, Fox and other networks that are, are consulting with him and uh, bringing him on uh, and uh, obviously uh, asking him about his opinion and what he thinks about, uh, you know, the, uh, the COVID shots. But more than that, it's a lot more political. He says he's not a political guy. I'll challenge him on that. I think he is. And I think it's impossible not to because COVID was politics. And, um, you know, it was, it was a dark, dark road. So anyway, that's going to be in about three, four minutes. Uh, that said, I'm here. If you want to chime in, if you want to uh, give me a phone call, uh, by all means, you know, the number 755-1240. 755-1240 is the number at any given time. It's a strange feeling when, you know, you're in, you're in the middle of a conversation. And you realize you got to get out of there. You look down. I, I was literally on Factory Street at 501. Think about that. 501, and I got here in less than seven and a half minutes, maybe six and a half minutes. But I'm here. Uh, other things going on in the world. I mean, the, the bad news is, uh, rather, I should say this, the good news is, um, you know, most people, if not everybody, and I'm sure there's, there's some pockets uh, of people without electricity, uh, but the, the bad news is is that we're going to be getting a serious storm that, uh, from what I understand, is going to stay here for a bit, almost like a circular you know, storm, like, a, like almost in the, uh, the form of like a mini hurricane, not just over Watertown, mind you, but over the Northeast. One thing I, I, I shared yes, uh, today, uh, someone posted on Facebook a picture of a, of a nation, national broadcast of a huge map of all the cities afflicted by the high winds in the Northeast. And guess who made it on top? Yes, you guessed it, Watertown at 79 miles an hour. Uh, the next registered uh, uh, wind gust uh, was uh, 75 miles per hour, one of which was from Rhode Island, another one in another part of New York. Uh, but so Watertown, once again, being famous for all the wrong reasons, 79 miles per hour. When you when you figure that, all right. So people seem like they're they're joining up. Sorry for the delay, folks. Uh, Dr. Michael Schwartz should be calling in at any moment now. Uh, other things going on, I, I, other than the big I, again, no one expected. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that, but I didn't expect this storm to be as bad as it was this past Tuesday night. Uh, that said, I still repeat, still haven't gone out to get batteries for for the two or three uh, flashlights that are in my house that haven't been used obviously in some time. 
So I think it's um, somewhat important <laughs> that I uh, actually act upon the things that I, I, I suggest right here in the show. You know, uh, you should, I should obviously practice what I preach is what I'm trying to get at. So when I heard Johnny Spisano, weatherman Johnny Spisano, uh, talk about this uh, upcoming uh, storm, and of course I've seen it in other areas as well. Uh, it raises questions. Wow, this this winter up until a point was very very mild. Interestingly enough, it's warm outside, but they say that's going to change too. Let's see if this is Dr. Michael Schwartz, and it is. Dr. Michael Schwartz, welcome to the Live at Five show here in Watertown, New York. How are you, sir? Hey, Glenn. How you doing? Good. And I don't know if you were uh, able to to listen in, but uh, I was complimenting, and I and I, I sent you some I- kudos. Uh, about what you've been I doing lately. Some, yeah, it's good stuff. I, I heard your entire open. My assistant was <laughs> sitting with me in the office, and I was, she, goes, she goes, what are you doing today? I said, I'm doing Glenn Curry again. So I pulled it up on the computer, and we were listening in for a little bit here. I heard what you said. I am a political guy. but work, I worked on about, I don't know, 45 campaigns in my lifetime, three presidentials included in that. But uh, the book itself, like, I tried to keep apolitical because medicine and politics should never, ever mix. Of course not. Uh, and... and and so, yeah, I didn't. That's why the book is apolitical. But yeah, I'm a political guy. Absolutely. Yeah, but okay. So you, I didn't realize. I, I should have known that you were that involved. That's incredible. Uh, at a young age, by the way, you're a young guy. You got the clinics. You're down in uh, Jersey. You're in Florida. Uh, I'm assuming. What are you a snowbird? Can we call you a snowbird? Yeah, I've been spending more time in Jersey now uh, lately. So we actually closed our our large office in Tampa. We have a small treatment room down there now. I'm spending more time here in Jersey, but. Uh, I am going down to – actually, it was, it's funny. I was flying out to Tampa tomorrow morning, and uh, I was one of the canceled flights because of the, the uh, 737 maxes that have, that have been pulled oh, off yeah. the, uh, yeah, the line. Oh, sure. yeah, So I, I had a rebook for Saturday now, but I'll, I'll be down in Tampa for a week with the Yankees. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're going to the fantasy league. Let's talk. To, that's awesome. We'll, we'll we'll get to that uh, at the end because I know you're a huge Yankee fan. That's how you and I met uh, through Tommy John and his wife uh, uh, some yep. time ago, and uh, we've been in touch ever since. But just just to elaborate or go or add to it, what I was saying earlier, you got your own little, you know, you got uh, like a, a podcast show, and you have a co-host, and you and he and a woman uh, uh, do do the show together. So you know, when you and I first started talking, I believe this past summer. Uh, it seems like you've stepped things up, and, and, and you definitely have much more of a higher presence. How's that been working for you, Mike? Not too bad. The show's called, I appreciate you mentioning it. it's called Two Mikes Live. It's on Rumble. Actually, uh, you, you probably know Ed Henry. Ed Henry was on CNN and then Fox News. Now yeah. then he went to RAV. Now he's, now he's on Newsmax. I've done Ed's show a multitude of times, and Ed offline said to me, he goes, Mike, you really should start a Rumble show. Right. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. It's not easy to, to do. It's a lot of production. It's a lot of time. It's mm-hmm. a lot of prep. Mm-hmm. And we do it three nights a week. We do it Monday, uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 7 p.m. live on Rumble. It's called Two Mics Live again, if anybody wants to check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we talk about, you know, uh, politics. We did a show uh, this week on COVID, which was the first time we've ever talked about it on our show. Mm-hmm. But usually we're just talking about the issues of the day, kind of like what you do, but more national issues, um, mm-hmm. you know, because our audience is all over the place. Sure, sure. Now, I saw a commercial today from the New York State Department of Health. Uh, advising people or suggesting people, which, whichever which way you want to look at it, Mike, uh, they were saying to the degree, like, hey, now is the time to uh, update your COVID shots. And immediately I thought of you. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if I should call this propaganda. Perhaps you would. But uh, it seems like in New York State, at least, isn't going to stop pushing uh, uh, the vaccinations, uh, Mike. My assistant today got a text message. She showed it to me in the car. We went out to lunch. And she goes, look what I just got. It was a text message from CVS. 
saying that there have been a, a surge in her area of, of COVID cases and to remind her to come in and get her updated shot. It's incredible. And, you know, we both kind of laughed because neither of us have been vaccinated. Uh, that's the it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my career. Medicine is not one size fits all, uh, but yet we were treating the public as as you know as if everybody needed this COVID. Uh, let's call it a shot. I, I want to stop calling it a vaccine because they don't that that confuses folks who were older, uh, even me. You know when you say when you say vaccine, you think lifetime immunity like polio or right. Hep B. Sure. These things give you in practice and what we've seen, a 120-day antibody response, kind of like a flu shot. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't run out and get four flu shots in a year, but here we have everybody clamoring for COVID shots. If you, if you look at the data, originally when they rolled this thing out, 75% of the nation got fully vaccinated. Now it's down to 17% mm. because it took that long for the public to realize, number one, they don't work. Mm-hmm. And number two, the big one, you don't need it. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 it took a while. It took, we're four years into this, and it took a lot of time for the public to catch up to what we were saying very early on. Right. But, you know, the powers that be, they don't want guys like me speaking out. They don't want the real data on the ground because I guess it interferes with their narrative. So, But the narrative is what? To me, Mike, and you and I have talked about this, I thought it was a convenient. It fell on the lap of the Democrats. And, and uh, it was Jane Fonda herself who said COVID was a gift for the Democrats. And I think they looked at it as an opportunity to bury Trump. Remember, this is, this is just at, in the beginning of his fourth year. He was doing quite well in terms of his policies. Uh, we, we, the, the gas, a gallon of gas was about 205, so forth. Uh, and yet somehow or other, you know, obviously Corona-19 or COVID came at the latter end of 2019. And then it just snowballed from there. That's when Fauci came out rolling his eyes, putting his arms together. And I just think they looked at it at COVID as an opportunity to get rid of Trump. And I believe that was the number one reason why why he didn't win in 2020, in my opinion. I agree with you. I did I did an over an hour long interview today out of the UK. And uh, you know, hearing their perspective is a little different because they don't know Fauci like we know Fauci. They don't they don't understand. They got different folks over there. Mm-hmm. So when you're doing an international interview, you have to you know, have to kind of remember that. But they asked me the same question. I think they, they kind of saw that here, too. And, and we went down that road. And now I'll talk about it politically with, uh, yeah. you know, I'll give, I'll give you my opinion. But, yeah, yeah <laughs> I think you're right. I think they saw that she, Jane Fonda must have read Rules for Radicals by Saul Alinsky. Never let a crisis go to waste. Mm-hmm. Exactly what exactly. they did. And, and guys like, you know, you and I, who knew a little bit more about this, were saying, ah, once the election's uh, over, COVID will be over. But right. I don't think they could kind of let it go that quickly. Mm-hmm. Right, no, they didn't. It would have been obvious at that point. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, they definitely exploited it for an election. But look what they put the country through. I mean, you're talking about kids out of school, learning curves, mm-hmm. suicide rates going up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, talk, I talk about in my book about how many uh, uh, deaths I watched from birthday party. I would watch a birthday party from afar in a nursing home where the family wasn't allowed in, and the, and the, you know, the, the, the man or woman who was turning 80 or 90 right. would have to you know, wave happy birthday through the window in the cold, right. and then you know, maybe a year later they would die. Uh, of just old age or depression, mm-hmm. uh, what we did to these families by separating them, the, the, the turmoil that we caused on this country is mm-hmm. reprehensible. And I'm glad you're continuing to talk about it because we need to have a national discussion about it. Oh, there's no, <clears throat> there's no doubt about it. By the way, my mom died uh, during COVID just in, in June of 2021. And uh, there's images of, of my mom. I did a tribute to her, her life of her waving at my sister through the window at the nursing home in Jersey, by the way. And it's, 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 it's you know, the, so when you describe that, it's the first thing I think of. Um, she was doing, she, cognitively, she wasn't great as it was, but COVID killed her in many ways. But, but I got to ask you about, you know, okay, 
if 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 that's the case, then Mike, I got to challenge you on this. Remember, uh, Mario, uh, check that. Uh, not Mario. That was his dad. Uh, Andrew Cuomo was was vilified for having put a lot of people with COVID in adult homes, and the same thing was accused. Uh, I believe it was McMurphy, uh, the governor of of, uh, of of Jersey, for of doing the same. <clears throat> is, is is it true? Was that a bad decision uh, by by him putting in people with COVID during that phase, as opposed to putting them on the ship in the uh, uh, Hudson River, like, like uh, Trump set up for him? Was that a mistake for Andrew Cuomo? Was that the reason why so many people in adult homes? died at the, during that time, Mike? 100%. It's a horrible mistake. And if you think about it, and I always put it into perspective, right? If you're in the pool of population that can die in the next five years, if you're fragile, uh, COVID can bring you down, a cold can bring you down, the flu can bring you down. You don't want to be you know, subjected to a respiratory illness like that, especially one that's novel that we don't know how to treat, or a mm-hmm. bad flu season, or RSV, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. So here you go, throwing people who are infected back into that same element around other people who are susceptible. Yes, yeah, the worst decision anybody could have ever made as a governor. I mean, these, these guys should be prosecuted for what they did. They killed a lot of people uh, just by being st- blatantly stupid. I'll just, I'll just say it like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I watched this every single day unfold from day one. And, and we, went, you know, we went through, hey, maybe they should be testing in nursing homes. Maybe they should mandate that. And they finally did, mm. uh, but a little, a little too late. And we didn't start testing nursing homes until I think it was... I would say the end of May or early June of 2020 wow. uh, to find out who had these things because we wanted to separate those folks out of those nursing homes. We wanted to isolate them so they right. could get better and not infect everybody else. Cuomo and uh, Murphy and Wolf in Pennsylvania as well were doing exactly the opposite. Yeah, and it's interesting because Andrew Cuomo went down for something else unrelated uh, to that uh, to his decision to, uh, to do that early on in COVID. Uh, I would dare say that one was considerably worse than the other. He might have been a little handsy and a little flirty with some interns, but uh, that pales in, in I mean in comparison uh, to what he did uh, during COVID. So obviously, then that was a bad bad mistake. But that said, you focus on the vaccination that came out in the spring of 2021. Now, on time to time, I. I go to t- um, not a big, big uh, Twitter, formerly known as Twitter, now known as X user, but I do go to something that's called Died Suddenly. Are you f- you're probably f- very familiar with that, Mike. I saw I saw the movie actually. Oh wow! Really okay, got so you so and again, I, it pops up as a notification. I see someone at a counter. I see a man singing on a stage. What's that all about? They're planking. Is that real? Is that is in your eyes? I, I, you know, I don't want to put pressure on this one, but is, is that as a result of the vaccination, in your opinion? Well, I can tell you what we see. Uh, we see clotting. We see uh, heart issues. We see joint issues. What we see, if you want to you know, broaden the, the spectrum here, what we see is it causes areas of inflammation in areas of instability. And I think we've talked about this before. It's the person who would have a heart issue at 70, now it's flaring up at 40. It's the person who would have a joint issue at 40, and now it's coming out at 20. It speeds up things. This is what we at least see in practice. The cyto- and there's a reason. Those cytokines travel around your system for at least two weeks, and your ACE2 receptors pick those up. And while that's happening, you're causing inflammation in areas it's not supposed to be in. So while you might not feel it, especially when it comes to heart issues, you're not going to feel that. When we find these things, they're all on what's called an incidental finding. You go to the hospital for something completely unrelated, and all of a sudden there's another issue. And why we, we can attribute that to the vaccines, is it just comes down to data. I'll give, I'll give you one that's, and it's hard to do it on the radio, and you know, I always show a chart. Maybe we talked about this the last time. But Dr. Jancy Lindsay always references the data on stillborn births 
for 30 years. Stillborn births related to vaccines, okay? And if you look at the, the chart, for 30 years, it's 25 instances or less. Hmm. In 2021, it was 3,600. Wow. And in 2022, it was 1,600. The data is right in front of us, and it shows us what what, what did we do differently during, during right. those two years. It was We were, we were mass vaccinating the entire populace. Now, and, and, and I get really tired of, of people who want to detract from that and say, oh, you're anti-vax. That's right. BS, Glenn. I had my vaccines. I had a hep B vaccine not that long ago. Mm-hmm. These are not traditional vaccines attenuated like we've used in the past or viral vector. These are mRNA untested. We don't even have any white paper on these things. So I get really tired of the public saying that when they want to, you know, cherry pick and go down a road. We have a lot of instances of people having adverse reactions to these vaccines, and they do not get reported. That's what the second book is going to be about. It delves into the VAERS system and how that works. Uh, no practitioner that I know personally has ever reported anything into the VAERS system. It's, it's cumbersome. It's not easy to do. Uh, so what you see in that system is probably less than 2% of the cases that are out there. So whatever you, you have in the system, multiply that uh, number. Uh, to get the, the true uh, number of, of what's out there as far as these adverse uh, events. So, in other words, if you had to put like a, a, a flow chart or any type of short, you know, what you mentioned earlier, the amount of deaths as a result of vaccinations over the years uh, caused uh, by uh, uh, causing stillbirth, then it goes up, it, it peaks like the Empire State Building in the middle of the prairie, and yet people still are in denial. And at the same time, they're probably looking at you as a MAGA person, uh, an anti, uh, a, a vax denier. And yet the, the, the information's right in front of us. There's got to be, and this, that's just one statistic. By the way, I never heard of that one before. I'm sure there's others. The Israeli report that came out about a year and a half ago talking about men between the ages of 18 and 20, 45, whatever it is, 49, dying suddenly and whatnot. We also talked about the insurance companies and how the under, underwriters had to, had to assimilate all this, all this new data in order to keep up with things in, ter- in terms of death and, and insurance rates and so forth. Uh, why are people not looking at the obvious data that you are, Mike? It gets suppressed, and, and I, I know that sounds crazy to people who don't do what I do every day, but I will tell you, and you know I do a lot of TV, I do a lot of radio, and I do a lot of podcasts. The first one to pull stuff down is YouTube. Uh, and they're, the, they're, they're one of the biggest culprits. The other one is Meta. Anytime I put something on Facebook or Instagram, it yeah. gets suppressed almost immediately. That's why we do a show, our show on Rumble. You can, you're allowed to say whatever you want. Right, right, uh, and, right. You know, and, and they, don't, they don't suppress it. But the, these, this data gets suppressed. The mainstream doesn't want to. And by the way, think about this for a second. Mm-hmm. If, if you went to the doctor, the same doctor who is recommending this vaccine, and I'm talking about recommending it based on CDC recommendations, not from personal experience, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you have an issue, they're the last person that's going to want to think that it's related to the vaccine because there's a little bit of cognitive dissonance there. They don't want to admit that they were wrong. Uh, there's there's a lot of that going on that we see. So, you know, I think it's time that we stop the nonsense, that we, we stop trying to, you know, we, we should start worrying about our credibility here. Uh, we've done enough damage to the medical community. No one trusts the medical community anymore. Nobody trusts the CDC. I don't trust the CDC. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we need to repair that, and that starts with a frank conversation about the data, and let's talk about it. I mean, uh, Joe... Uh, jo, um, I can never say his name, the Surgeon General in uh, Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the same publicist. He just came out and said that they want to stop all mRNA vaccinations in Florida. Mm. And uh, I think he just went on. Tucker Carlson recorded something with Tucker this week. Now now everybody wants to talk to Joe. Mm. We're in the same mindset. You know, we, we did this thing wasn't ready for prime time. If it was an attenuated vaccine, I would have felt a lot more comfortable with it. If I had seen it work in practice, right. I would have felt very comfortable with it. But it doesn't work. 
And, and Glenn, I, you don't need it. I had 19,000 patients, 4,000 positives. I didn't lose one patient during that time frame. So if you can imagine that patient coming to me asking me, do I need this vaccine? Right. It was a laughable no. Yeah. You don't need it. Right. But well, not only do we not need it, but you mentioned earlier, now test scores are way low, much lower. Uh, you know, you got kids in the fifth grade uh, reading at a two grade, a second grade level, and that, that, that goes right up through high school and so forth as a result of that. Then we read a report yesterday in, in New York City uh, that there's so many migrants in a particular part, I believe, I don't know if it was Brooklyn or Staten Island, that they had to move the, the kids, uh, they had to do online uh, learning again. So we're going backwards in that, in that area. But I gotta ask, and I know I've asked you this question before, Mike, I, in as far as the politics part of all of this, why is it that are, are they are they snowballing this just so that they can prove to everybody that they were right from the beginning? Is this an ego blast to them? No one wants to have uh, admit rather that they were wrong. Does it all come down to that at the end of the day, Mike? I think when the, when you when you factor the doctors in who, yeah. who went with the CDC narrative, yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, on the on, on the political side, there's got to be some some other. Ulterior motive. It's got to be. Well, follow the money is what everybody always says. And, you know, you look at how much money transfer of wealth went on in this country during that time frame. Right. Uh, whether it was, you know, PP, you know, P, whatever it is, PPP loans, giving the money away to everybody, right. people on unemployment, right. uh, people working from home and not doing anything. There was a mass transfer of wealth here. But as far as, you know, look at Pfizer and Moderna. Mm-hmm. I mean, Moderna stock went from what was it, four, four, 45 bucks to $450 or That's something incredible. overnight? Yeah. It was incredible how much money uh, these companies made off these vaccines for something that doesn't even work, yeah. uh, and, that wasn't even needed. Yeah, and, and, and by we the, still have the, yeah, yeah, the... No, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say we still have the general public who doesn't understand the basics of COVID, right. which is what I put the book out for. If we everybody read that book, we could all get on the same page and at least have a starting point for a conversation. But there's still people who don't understand how viruses transmit, timelines, mm-hmm. you know, what... What, what they do to your system, how they replicate. There's people that still to this day don't understand the difference between isolation and quarantine. I mean, it's, it's basic stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and it's interesting you mentioned Tucker Carlson earlier, and others have said this. Have you noticed that a lot of the events, particularly sporting events on network TV, is in fact sponsored by Pfizer? And, uh, and, and others. Uh, so uh, obviously the, the money factor is keeping people shut. I mean, we're talking about people of, of high influence, the networks, uh, football. Everyone wants to watch Kelsey these days, as you know, because of Taylor Swift. And smack right in the middle of that is an advertisement for Pfizer. So they're giving them millions to shut them up, and they're kowtowing to Big Pharma, Mike. Absolutely. I look. You wouldn't want me on the on the football field doing his job. I don't expect him to do mine. Right. Good uh, point. I, <laughs> Good point. Right. But, but but you know what? It comes right down to one thing: they're ass kissers, Mike. They're, they're doing it for the cash, and their and their executives, their bosses. We're hearing all types of stories, even from ESPN. Yeah, high high level executives, unrelated to what we're talking about here, who want to shut people up. Bill Gates, uh, he's just an angry he's an angry bear because people discovered that he was on that plane to Epstein Island at least thirty six times. So now he wants to destroy the world. It's just a theory. But <clears throat> when a billionaire becomes a wounded bear, uh, he'll turn into like a James Bond villain. That's the way I look at at uh, Bill Gates these days. He's an ugly frog too at the same time. But one last thing before we go, you're going this weekend to Fantasy Camp down what in, in Tampa? like you mentioned, to where the Yankees do their spring training. Uh, who are some of the players that you're going to see this weekend, Mike? Uh, well, let's see. My coaches are Mike Torres and uh, Charlie Hayes. Let me see who else is going to be there. Brian Bowringer, Tanyan Sturtz, uh, Jesse Barfield, uh, Mickey nice. Rivers. It's, it's, a, it's a long list of the who's who. It's a lot of the 98 guys like Jeff Nelson. 
Uh, I think Jose Molina's coming this time. It's mm. a great time. And I, I, I try to always get down to see my friends Tommy and Cheryl. Right. And I know Bill Jordan is listening right now because he's a big fan of your show. He listens on every single show. As a matter of fact, he texted me today out of the blue, and I said, oh, that's funny, I'm going on Glenn tonight. And he said, well, I'll be listening as normal. So That's awesome. Um, and by the way, who, I'm sorry I should know this, but who's Bill Jordan? Bill is Cheryl's brother. Am I getting that right, Bill? He'll text me. Yeah, he'll find out in about 40 seconds because that's the delay. That's awesome. I, and Cheryl, of course, is a sweetheart. Johnny's going to get into the uh, Hall of Fame. Uh, Tommy, excuse me. Tommy John's going to be getting into the Hall of Fame next year. Uh, and so we're all looking forward to that. It's, it's just going to be one, one great. But uh, one last thing before we go. What position are you going to play? What position do you play at Fantasy Baseball? Uh, well, when I was 12, I was a pitcher, but that, that's a long time ago. So now I, I'm relegated to the outfield. The one good thing is I can still hit. So I, I got the hit that won the championship game last year. We're trying to three-peat this year. And uh, I, I was lucky enough to – I know this sounds really, really coy, but I made the hmm. Fantasy Camp Hall of Fame in November. So uh, El Duque presented me with that, which was pretty cool. That's a, that's a tough thing to get down in camp. So uh, I'm very proud of that. But great group of guys. A great organization. They do a lot for charity. We raise a lot of money, and uh, it's just a lot of fun. I would encourage anybody who's interested, if you're a Yankee fan, to go check out Yankee Fantasy Camp. you got to go at least once in your life. Uh, odds are I'll still be there if I don't hurt myself. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, listen, have have a safe trip. First of all, have a good time down there, Mike. And and let's uh, let's do this uh, once the book comes out. This uh, projected date, sometime in 2024. Your second book. I was shooting for June, but it's a little tough. Um, we'll see. I'll let you know as we move forward with it. Okay, sounds good. Well, that's not that far from now. Uh, and one last thing: How can one uh, find uh, Fauci's fiction or anything to do with uh, your podcast or anything about Dr. Michael Schwartz? Fauci's fiction is available anywhere books are sold. The best place to buy it is Amazon.com. It's a great gift for somebody who's still uh, suffering with you know mask wearing or anything mm-hmm. related to COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you'll learn a lot from it. The show is called Two Mics Live. It's on Rumble. You can check it out uh, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. If you go on Rumble.com, search Two Mics Live, you can uh, set up for notifications. You'll find out when we're going live. And we actually talk to the audience just like you do in our show. They can chat with us, and uh, we have open mic Fridays where people can come on the show and talk. It's, it's a lot of fun. Glenn, I want to have you on the show as well. I would love that. I would really love that. And I appreciate you uh, listening to the show and whatnot, and uh, I really love what you're doing there. You, you definitely have a, a much bigger presence on social media. Dr. Michael Schwartz, thanks for calling in on the uh, Live at Five show today. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk soon. Thanks again. Uh, and that's uh, Michael Schwartz, as I just noted. Uh, noted. And uh, at least the fourth, maybe fifth time we've had him on the show here. And uh, as he noted, he's got a new book coming out in about four or five months. That's good. Right now, we got to do a break. We'll do one uh, about 23 minutes before the hour. We'll be back right after this. You've been hearing about Herringer's contracting, and now your roof is leaking. Problems? Call Herringer's now. The roof people who always call you back. Ah, well, welcome back to the show. It's dark out there. Just took a quick look. Um... It's not as windy as it was, obviously, yesterday, but that uh, impending storm tomorrow night. Again, one one, one last time. Thank you, Dr. Uh, Michael Schwartz, for calling in on the show, and thank you, uh, Cheryl John, uh, for, for introducing me to Mike uh, some time ago. All right, so we got like 22 minutes before the hour, and if you want to chime in, I got a call, a text, rather, from Donnie Flat Earth out in California, who claims that uh, Flat Earth Donnie told you about the vax before anyone else. Well, you know what? I got to give Donnie credit. He did. He did. He's a squeaky wheel. But he's also crazy. Hi, you're in the air. Hello, Glenn. Every time you have Dr. Michael Schwartz on your show, 
in my opinion, it's one of the best shows you ever do. And I, I've got his book, and when his second book comes out, I'm going to ask you to please let us know, your listening audience, when the second book comes out so that we can... Oh, we will. First, yeah. We want to be first in line to, to, to get a copy. I most certainly will. And I appreciate you listening on any given day uh, right here, sir. Uh, we love that. No, no question. Keep up the good work there at 191, Wilson. Thank you. It's 199, but that's okay. That's a, it's an easy mistake. Thank you. Uh, that's our friend from Ives. Oh, dip, 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 day. Someone was calling there. Give us a shout. So what I want to do is I, I don't have it here. I should have had it queued up earlier. As I said, I, got, I was in a meeting prior to the show and I lost track of time. And I drove like a maniac. And yes, for the record, if anyone saw, I'm, I'm just going to be transparent. I try to be transparent. But for the record, if anyone saw me uh, driving from Factory Street to uh, City Center Drive through that red light, did you see the gray, the silver car driving through a red light, a flagrant red light? It was it was red. It wasn't yellow red. It was red. That was me. It's, it's all for the show, you know. Nobody got hurt. Higher in the air. Hey, Glenn. What's happened, Donnie? Hey, Glenn. Yes. Um, I think uh, Dr. Schwartz is the most important guest you have ever, hmm. ever had on your show. Well, thank you very much. I, that doesn't surprise me coming from you because you've been anti-vax since you were born. So I, I'm so glad that the audience could hear what he had to say. And the thing is, is I've already said all this, but I guess when you have a DR in front of your name, ah. um, it's better, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, ah. I guess um, he's my favorite guest you've ever had. And that's all. Hey, uh, how's the weather out there? Any mudslides? Any uh, any uh, earthquakes? What's going on out there? So there was an earthquake. I was in a four point six. Yeah, that was last week. Old news. That was pretty. Yeah, that was last week. But still, I mean, that was pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So, um, but Donnie, real, real quick, I want you to succeed. You know, I am a big fan of yours. Are you going to stay out in California, uh, uh, or are you coming back here sometime or another? I've been coming back when the weather breaks. All right. Well, I want you to stay out there. To tell you the truth, I think your place is outside. What? I don't know because Cal- I always wanted to go to California. Listen, listen. Yeah. Glenn, here, I think I'm getting too close to the people that you call your friends and have uh, conversations with. I think me being out of the North Country is very beneficial to these people because if I was there, Hmm. I would be blasting these people all over the place and the truth would be out there. So there's no reason. Like, I understand why you don't want me to come back. I'm getting too close to people back there. And uh, the truth, listen, the stuff I know about what's going on is crazy. I don't know. Uh, I have the slightest idea what you're talking about. I could, do, I could do more about it. But right. that's what it is, Glenn. I'm getting too close I, to the I, people I, that I, you Whatever that's all about. Donnie, I have no clue what you're talking about. All I'm saying is you got the, you got, you're out of the cold. You're in a growth area. I know it's expensive as hell out there. But uh, I just wish you the—I just think that it, it's, it's a good option. And if you have issues with people back here, that's yet another reason to stay out there. That's all I can tell you. No, that's I don't got issues with it. But listen, right. I've listen. This is like the first time I've left pharmacy friends not listening. Yeah, no, I, right? I, you know, I've done it many years over. So right. I mean, like I said, I'll be back when the weather breaks. Gotcha. All right, I didn't understand why, Donnie. Thanks for calling in, and thanks for uh, you know uh, 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 complimenting our our guest, Doctor Midas. All right, yes, yeah, bye. All right, talk to you. 
That's Donnie. Sometimes Donnie, we all know, we've talked to Donnie now. For, do you realize I've been back on the, in the, uh, the saddle here for almost three years again, you know, with my hiatus? <laughs> um, and, and, and Donnie was pretty much from the beginning, uh, a, well, I should say that he was on the Hotline Show prior to that. And I never talked to Donnie when I did the show for many years prior, you know, but, you know again, this show started in 2001. And Donnie came up, I'm going to say, around 2019, and uh, he, he was intolerable. I'm going to say that right now. I, a lot of people, some people don't want to hear him now. But, boy, what a difference. He's like the abominable snowman. Look what he could do. He could put a star on top of the Christmas tree. And as far as my thoughts about him in California, I don't know. It just seems like it's a, it's a good way to restart everything. That's just me. 755-1240 is the number. 755-1240 is the number. So, what I, 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 I'm not hooked up to, the, uh, to my own Facebook account here. So let me see if I could do this through Jeff. Jeff's got his account up here. Let me look up Live at Five show. I did something last night. I got this really cool. Here it is. I got this really cool app. And I, I use it all the time when I do the uh, com- commercial. And it's a teleprompter app. I started using it like four or five years ago. And I tell you what, this thing, all right, so uh, let's see if this works. Uh, first of all, I got to hit pause first and start over again. All right, so you, as you know, everyone knows that I'm a big um, Godfather fan, right? Come on, unmute, will you? Now I sound like Yukon Cornelius. On mush. No, it won't start. This is the worst. All right, let's see if this works. I'm going to hit play here. Uh, here we go. This work? See if this works. Sorry for the bad. Johnny Fontaine never gets that movie. That part is perfect for him. All right, so we'll make him a. All right, so I I paused it. So this is me being Jack Waltz from the famous scene from Godfather One, where they're sitting at sitting. Tom Hagen, played by Robert Duvall, is sitting at one end of the table out in California, where Donnie is, in a famous uh, uh, Spanish-style mansion that's still there. A lot of movies were shot there, like North by Northwest with Cary Grant, so forth and so on. I saw a Columbo episode there recently, too. So what I do is I, I'm, I'm, I'm part of uh, a group of, uh, like, like, it's nothing special, but I subscribe to a couple of uh, mob groups and Godfather groups on Facebook, and I, and I, I, I uploaded this to two of them today. We're ta- one of the groups has over like 300,000 uh, subscribers. And uh, but they, you know, they got to go through a, a panel or whatever administrator. To, you know, you just can't put nudity up there. You can't put, you know, a picture of Diane Keaton on without a bra or something. You can't do that, uh, which is good, which is the way all Facebook groups should be should be operated. So but this I posted today. Typically, people put a picture up there of Fredo, blah, blah, blah. This uh, I'm going to offer him make him an offer. He can't refuse. But I decided, you know what? I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna literally get the line from that scene in Godfather One with Tom Hagen at the at the uh, uh, dining table, and I'm going to do my best to do a John Marley impersonation of of uh, Jack Waltz, and this is how it went. Big star, and I'm gonna run him out of the business, and let me tell you why. Johnny Fontaine ruined one of Waltz International's most valuable proteges. For five years, we had her under training, singing lessons, acting lessons, dancing lessons. I spent hundreds and thousands of dollars on her. I was going to make her a big star. And let me be even more frank, just to show you that I'm not all hard-hearted man, and it's not all about dollars and cents. She was beautiful. <laughs> she was young. She was innocent. She was the most, she was the, <laughs> the best I, part. She was the greatest piece of ass I ever had, and I've had him all over the world. <laughs> 
And then Johnny Fontaine comes along with his olive oil voice and guinea charm. And she runs off. <laughs> she threw it all away just to make me look ridiculous. <laughs> and a man in my position can't afford to be made to look ridiculous. <laughs> now you get out of my house right now. And you can tell your boss I'm no band leader. Yeah, I heard that story. There you go. So, I don't know. I, I did this last night at the house. Uh, we didn't have cable, by the way. We didn't have internet, I should say. You know, meanwhile, you know, half the half the world is starving. Ukraine is being bombed, and no one cares about it anymore. And and Glenn is all pissed off. He doesn't have internet. So I, I I figured, you know what? I might make the best of my night and do that. So I wanted to share that with you. Seven five five twelve forty. In fact, I did I did one last week uh, of uh, 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 Ben Gazzara. Yet another <laughs> another gangster. Except in this one was the scene with Pat Swayze in Roadhouse. Different movie, but uh, a great uh, great acting. Real good. Hi, you're on the air. Glenn, I thought you did an awesome job on that. Love that part, love that movie, and uh, what the Tom Higgins said. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you did it very well, and that's pretty cool when you didn't have all well, the other... Well, John, things. first of all, John, John's a, a, a listener to the show, and he, he, you know, he emails me stuff, and he IMs me on... On Facebook, John, you're a big fan of the show. I really appreciate your comments uh, and 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 your oh, defense of you. things. Yeah, I really am. Um, yeah, my brother's down in Florida with his girlfriend. He's going, yeah, how you like doing cheese knocking your powers out? So I'm like, yeah, okay, laughing up, buddy. Well, wait a minute. I heard today uh, Bobby Ferris is down there with his lovely wife, and they don't have electricity. Apparently, Florida got hit pretty badly too. So I, I don't oh, know. Yeah. I don't know. Dad went and checked out their place. Today, just to make sure that you know, and everything looked cool, like no lines down in their driveways and stuff. Right, right. Well, yeah. we, we, I got good. My parents were out for two days, and they were on Black River Road. But yeah, mm-hmm. I was lucky. Mine went off and on for a minute. One of my friends lives up by Burville Sawmill, so a coworker, and um, he still doesn't have power. And he said he might not get back till Saturday. Yeah, lost like two hundred fifty pounds of meat in a freezer and mm-hmm. everything yeah I, I i but the good news though john you gotta admit this is that uh you know unless we find someone in a basement somewhere that was no uh, living alone. Yeah, I, I just i'm shocked i mean god is clearly on the side of the north country i, I mean i yeah, can't believe absolutely. it look at every time i show images of what happened a couple of days ago to my friends down sound in new york whatever like my brother who's down in florida right now uh, he said they were. Ama- they're not just like, oh wow. They're like, is that real? I mean, that one house on North Hamilton Street where the tree just literally just t- took out the whole f- top of the old house, like an old uh, farm t- house type design. It's uh, shocking. And then there was another kid from Clarkson or uh, who attends Clarkson in Potsdam, and uh, a tree came in and, and almost and, and cut his bed right in half, missing his head by, yeah, well, by he's one in foot. It, but it's like, yeah. Can you imagine if, it, if you're Sound asleep. I mean, it's yeah. hard to sleep with that crazy wind, but yeah, and the true. tree collapses on your house and crushes your roof, and that's pretty scary. It's like poltergeist. You know, the kid in poltergeist when the big tree limb t- goes right through the window. And, uh, and I like that one. That scared me. But the part that scared me when I was a little kid, because yeah. I was like nine and eighty-four whenever yeah. it came out. I was right. little, but when the when the when the clown come out of the bed and then 
That's the so same kid. Live. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, that, that's the part that scared me. There's a lot of scary scenes in that. Just as a footnote, uh, Steven Spielberg was a co was a producer in that, and he didn't like what the director was the direction of what the director was doing. I think the director's name was Toby Hooper or whatever, but he did other things like Gremlins, and uh, he he had some issues uh, uh, the Spielberg. Did. So Spielberg wanted to make it scarier. So at the time, he was making uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark with the Harrison Ford, and remember in the scenes where they're in the tomb where they have all those uh, skeletons, John. Remember the skeleton scenes and the snakes and the dark. Yeah, he didn't like snakes either. He didn't like snakes. Well, that was his character. But those were real skeletons and they actually used the same skeletons for the pool scene in Poltergeist. And uh, although I agree with you, this, the clown scene is scary in the anticipation of seeing the clown at the edge of the, of the, of the bed. Uh, that scene with uh, Joe Beth Williams in the pool is very frightening as well. So anyway, give credit to Steven Spielberg. Excellent film. Yeah, excellent movie indeed, no doubt. Not to mention the guy that was the bad guy that de- was the developer. He was also in the movie called FX and a couple of other things. But he was the pitch man for a supermarket chain down in New York and Queens uh, or New York area called Pathmark. And it was so weird to see the guy that was doing all these commercials for Pathmark being a a real bastard in in Poltergeist. Anyway, just a little footnote. But anyway, John, thank you very much for calling in today, and thanks for your ongoing support of the show. Thank you. Love the show. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, That's uh, John. We'll call him John. I know his last name, but that's what we'll call him. i got to do another break. You're listening to the Live at Five show. We'll be back right after this. Hey, y'all. It's Carolina Chuck. Wait a minute, you're Frankie 58 or 315 778 And welcome back. You know, uh, it, that commercial with uh, Carolina Chuck, of course, Carolina Chuck was, was in studio about, I don't know, two, three months ago. And just as a little, and I met Carolina Chuck at uh, the cruise that we did up in Alex Bay this past August. And if there's one guy that has, you know, I talked earlier to Dr. Michael Schwartz about, you know, he's got more presence on on, on social media and, and, and more and more people obviously know him. But if there was one person that should be given the, the award for self-promoter, not just for the year 2023, but maybe for the whole century, it's got to be Carolina Chuck. And the reason why I say that, because, you know, the beauty of radio and, and what radio does, I still think that uh, the, the, the personality of, for instance, Billy Fasillo was, was shaped when he did uh, his first radio campaign back in 1990. And then, of course, it accelerated from there, and he became a legend. Regrettably, we lost uh, uh, Billy Fasillo at age 65, like three years ago, just a little, maybe during COVID, whichever it was. But, you know, Carolina Chuck literally comes from, I believe he's from South Carolina. But nonetheless, he started doing some of the commercials with Johnny Spisano, and we started airing. I mean, by the way, for the record, uh, Caprera Spots with Carolina Chuck and the staff and the family and so forth, they only are on these stations, the community broadcasters. Uh, so when you, when you hear Carolina Chuck, you, you know, his popularity, or for that matter, awareness, originated here. And so he said, wow, this is great. You know, he's in the car business. He's he's from Carolina, uh, and he and he takes one thing about Carolina Chuck. He talks about what he's accustomed to down in the Carolinas in terms of fishing and you know country stars and whatnot. But he also embraces Northern New York. So let's see if I could find him. I I, I wasn't ready today. I'm sorry, folks. And here it is, Carolina Chuck. So now <laughs> he stepped things up, and on his page, if it's Carolina Chuck. And he's got a big picture of where he works. That's FX Caprera on Bradley Street right off I-81. 
And now he's been doing one thing with another. He's is another guy. He's he's in tandem. He's actually live right now. Uh, I don't know if his ears are ringing, but we're talking about him. And so he set up his own TV show. I mean, I shouldn't say TV. It's not on television, but he's got his own little studio. And I'm going to try to find the one that I saw the other day. He's got so many things posted on here. Here it is. Let's see if this plays. Let's see if this works. I, and once again, I got to unmute it. And he's got this on TikTok, but he's it's also streaming on a browser. So let me find where the damn uh, drives me mental. Here it is. Here it is. Carolina Chuck, could you do something for me? And I said, man. All right. So let, here it is. He's sitting next to what looks to be a Corvette, a convertible Corvette, by the way. And he's sitting extremely casual. And he, he, he looks, honestly, he looks like he owns the place. I'm, I, I'm just, that's my observation. And uh, the caption below, it says, hey, y'all, uh, the weather is nasty out there. And the power's out all around town. Uh, we're, uh, well, we're at it. We're lit up here and uh, ready for business down at F. So he's promoting FX Capri. Needless to say, he's promoting himself and Nigel, his sidekick. I don't want to call them that. They're, they're like Abbott and Costello right now. They're doing videos all the time, which is great. But self-promotion, particularly on social media as a salesperson in a big dealership like Capera, family-run business, genius, really smart. And on top of what uh, Carolina Chuck is doing these days, he's also going to be at the up-and-coming, I think it's either next month or in March. Uh, Greg Pep uh, puts this on every year. Uh, it's the boxing match. And where they have uh, the police versus the uh, the firemen and other you know other bouts, if you will. And wouldn't you know it, Carolina I Chuck's like doing that. that too. So let's let's go with Carolina Chuck. Just like back home, everybody's into racing. I lived around Mooresville, North Carolina, where all the NASCAR guys are. I mean, it is just really. Bad. Unfortunately, the music on this particular cut is too loud. But that's neither here nor there. So I love seeing this. I don't do enough of it myself. I finally started finding, I, I finally uh, discovered uh, artificial intelligence, uh, how it relates to long uh, video formats. And I've been grabbing things that I did three, four years ago when I had the studio in Public Square. And, uh, and it's doing wonders. I just, I, I, I put the link to a one hour show and it spits out 29 shows in less than six minutes. And I mean, it's small segments that from there can be posted on social media. So I look forward to doing more of that. <clears throat> I look forward to doing more of Jack Waltz <laughs> uh, and other depiction, other famous scenes in movie history. And uh, and 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 you know, and uh, just for the record, I'm posting them only <clears throat> uh, at least the, the, those segments on my live at five page. I, I like to separate, just like Michael Schwartz, he likes to separate science from politics, which these days is impossible. In fact, it's not just science. You can't separate politics from anything these days because the agenda is very, very clear. One thing I didn't get to, I'll get to tomorrow, is that uh, I don't know if you saw that viral video of the uh, uh, conservative reporter up there with a white hat up in Canada being arrested. I mentioned it briefly yesterday, but I'll play that for you tomorrow. And uh, a lot of people, including uh, Dan Bangino, also the guy from Rumble, says that that's up. That's next. We're next with uh, with that type of environment. I'm not looking forward to that at all. AM 1240 WA10 Watertown makes us legal. Up next, of course, is CBS. We'll see you tomorrow. News on the hour, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. I'm Monica Ricks. President Biden's son Hunter has pleaded not guilty to nine federal tax fraud charges. Reporter.